Cops, are there any crimes that you intentionally don't enforce? Just before Thanksgiving, my dad called me and informed me that I had failed to pay a parking ticket and that my license had been suspended. Concerned that I would get pulled over and ticketed, I decided to pay the ticket right there and then on my phone. Since I couldn't print the confirmation screen out, I just took a picture of the screen with my phone so I could prove that I had paid the ticket in the unlikely event that I got pulled over. Well, lo and behold, as I'm driving home for Thanksgiving the next day, I get pulled over by a state trooper. He immediately recognizes that my license was suspended and starts explaining that I was driving illegally and so on and so forth. Before he can lecture me too long, I whip out my phone, scroll to the picture of the ticket payment confirmation screen, and hand him the phone. As soon as he grabbed the phone, he sort of furrowed his brow and in a completely teed-off tone, he goes, What the hell is this? I'm about to calmly explain the situation to him when suddenly he tilts the screen towards me and I'm staring directly at a picture of my eggplant. My freaking heart stopped beating and I could feel all the blood in my body rushing to my face. I had accidentally flipped one picture too far to an eggplant pic I took for some ex-girlfriend when I was hammered and I had then handed the phone to the cop. Time basically stopped as I was sure he was going to arrest me for some kind of harassment crime and put me on a watch list for life. Mortified, I shakily scrolled back to the payment confirmation pic and handed the phone back to him. He reluctantly looked at the screen, nodded, and then let out a little laugh. As he tossed my phone back to me, he said, Have a nice Thanksgiving, and walked back to his car, shaking his head. I drove home in complete silence and deleted any and all eggplant pics the moment I pulled into my parents' driveway. I am forever in that dude's debt for just laughing it off instead of throwing me in prison. In conclusion, I accidentally showed a picture of my member to a state trooper and he didn't smash my face in with a baton. I will try my best not to arrest a parent in front of a small child. With a misdemeanor, you have quite a bit of officer discretion, but I've gone so far as to wait for an hour or so until a family member can pick up the kid before I handcuff the parent. It just really bothers me. I want kids to trust police officers if they ever need help, not be afraid of them. That's a good level of compassion there. I have to arrest you, but wait until mum comes to fetch the kid so the kid doesn't have a scarring memory of daddy. Driving between St. Louis, Missouri and Dayton, Ohio, I got pulled over around midnight by a cop on the freeway. I was confused a bit since I hadn't been speeding, but my car had California plates, as that's the state where I lived at the time, and I thought, well, maybe I have a tail light out or something. First thing he says when he sees my license and registration, California, huh? Got a lot of part in the car? Because I'm a moron and I was tired, my answer was, define a lot. He did not find it funny. Luckily, his partner did. The guy with my license and registration, a younger white guy, kept his stone-cold face and said, Step out of the car, please, while the older black cop just tried to keep from laughing out loud. Hands on the hood, feet apart, he says, and he starts to pat me down. Mind if you tell me what you're looking for? I ask. Do you have anything in your pockets that'll harm me? Needles or something? I have a Swiss army knife in my right pocket, but it's all closed up, I say. How do I know that? He asks accusingly. Again, I turn into Captain Moron. Because I wouldn't keep a naked three-inch blade only a couple of inches from my member while driving across the country. This time, the older cop does laugh out loud and the younger guy looks flustered. He tells me slowly to turn around with hands above my shoulders. Then he backs up four steps and says to use my left hand to empty my pockets onto the hood of the car. The older cop just sighs and says, Hold on a sec, don't move and pulls the younger guy to the back of the cop car where they have a very private and brief conversation. The younger one gets into the car and gets on the radio, while the older one comes up to me and says, 
Look, you know why we pulled you over. Because you were swerving in the lane a bit. Thought you might be drunk. How long have you been driving? About five hours. I left St. Louis around seven, hoping to make it to Dayton. You been drinking? Diet Coke and Gatorade mostly. No alcohol or anything. You need some sleep, son. Dayton's still about 45 minutes away. Think you can make it? To be honest, I was kind of tired, but I think you guys just scared me awake. He smiles. All right, hang tight a sec, and walks back to the car. He comes back. You have two bench warrants in California, and there's an APB out in the car as stolen after an armed robbery. What? I say. That doesn't make any sense. I never did anything. I'm panicking now. I'm freaking out. In a second, my night just went from boring to awful. Actually, just messing with you. You're free to go. Hopefully that adrenaline will keep you awake for an hour, he says. I laugh and say, Jesus freaking Christ, that is effed up, man. He just smiles and says, Take care, stay on the road. I got to Dayton around 1am and couldn't fall asleep until 3. That dude knew his crap. Well, I'm not a cop, but this happened to me during my substance-using days. This was years and years ago, and I'm proud to be clean now. I was driving to work when a cop recognized me and knew I was driving with a suspended license. He searched my car before he arrested me. As we were pulling up to the jail, he held up a bag of needles he found under my seat. He said, If you promise to quit this, I'll throw these away before we pull into the station. My mom bailed me out a few hours later and took me straight to rehab. That cop was awesome. He saved me from being in big-time trouble and likely saved my life by scaring me into rehab. You have no idea how often us cops try to do this. If we know someone is a frequent flyer and we recognize what the underlying problem is, we will go out of our way to solve that problem rather than just making the arrest. Because I know if I can solve this person's addiction, illness, or apathy, then I won't have to continue to take dispatched runs there. I've got junkies and drunks into rehab. I've paid for a young working girl's bus ticket home to Chicago so she could be with her family and her support system. She was in a city all by herself, and her pimp had her so strung out she couldn't tell you what day of the week it was. If I know someone is religious, or their family is religious, I'll use that as leverage to try and get people into rehab. Arresting someone, as said before, is just a tool used to temporarily solve the problem. It's a band-aid, not a cure. By the way, by my estimates, I'd say that 70-75% to of all domestic-related run-ins have an addiction element in them, substances or booze. 95% of homeless that I've dealt with are addicts themselves, and I'd say 65% have mental health issues. My first run-in with the law at 17. I was driving on a three-lane highway at rush hour, going 85 in the far left lane while tailgating a big SUV. A van parked in the left shoulder suddenly came into view. I had drifted slightly into the shoulder and swerved to avoid sideswiping the van. Being a young, inexperienced driver, I overcorrected. Full panic set in as my Honda Civic slid into the left guardrail, sailed across all three lanes of traffic, flipped around, facing the wrong direction, and finally skidded to a halt. It shook me up good, but I didn't hit a single soul. Cop. How fast were you going? Me. About 70 to 75? The speed limit here is 55. Are you sure you were going that fast? Maybe I was going faster. It could have been 80 or 85. Him. Face palming. The speed limit here is 55. If you are going faster, I have to ticket you for reckless driving. I don't want to ticket you. Tell me, what's the speed limit here? Uh, 55? How fast were you going? 55? That's rad. You are going 55. Then to the next question. I didn't see any damage to the guardrail that you hit, did you? I don't know. There could be some damage. I didn't see it. 
If there's damage to the guardrail, you'll have to pay a few thousand dollars to fix it. Now, did you see any damage to the guardrail? I didn't. No, I didn't see any damage either? Good. In conclusion, Cop had me change my story so as not to incriminate myself. This sounds like something I can relate to. Too stupid to accept the obvious easy out I was being offered. Here's a follow-up comment below. Reminds me, in college I lived on the second floor of a small apartment complex. Everyone in the buildings was students and 90% of the buildings in the area housed students. The people downstairs were having a decent-sized party that had spilled outside onto the deck and front yard, which isn't really a big deal as it was a weekend night with nothing but students around. A high school student who was at the party had wandered off about a block away and was peeing on a fence. A cop was driving by and turned his lights on. Kid, of course, runs right back to the party, which causes the cops to come and break it up. As the cops arrive, I head back upstairs and watch everything unfold from my balcony. The cops are talking to the guys who live below. Cop. This kid we saw down the street says you're responsible for him. If you are, we have to arrest, ticket, whatever the punishment you, for providing alcohol to a minor. Are you responsible for him? Neighbor. Yes, he's my friend. Are you sure you're responsible? Yes. Are you really sure? Yes. If you don't know him, we will just call his parents to pick him up. So are you responsible for him? Oh, wait, no, I've never seen him before. Police officer here. There are plenty I don't enforce, but as stated above, I have enforcement discretion in 99% of situations. My hands are rarely forced to pursue charges where the victim is the state or city. Traffic violations, substance charges, etc. I personally try not to enforce anything that I'd do. I speed sometimes, sometimes I'll roll a stop sign, and other minor things. I hate working traffic, and generally stay too busy bouncing from call to call to actually do it, so that also has a bearing on what I enforce. Now that being said, I will hammer you if you're causing direct danger to another person. If you're excessively speeding during rush hour, through a school zone, or with kids in your car, then I will issue paperwork all day. But it generally has to be a situation that causes immediate danger to someone other than yourself. If it's 3am and you're doing 70 in a 50 on a back road, chances are I'm just going to let you be. Also, petty stuff. There's a lot of technicalities written in laws. Sometimes slight variations make something legal become illegal. I try to avoid crap like that. I try to keep a good repertoire with the people in the areas I work in. So taking enforcement action on some bullcrap law is a quick way to make enemies. I've learned over the years that the people I'm nice to today may be the ones who come to my rescue tomorrow. It's happened before. Warnings are my best friend. People appreciate warnings. Usually, uh, hey man, you know your headlights out? Try to get it fixed, okay? Is enough so that next time you see them, it'll be working. And finally, Reddit's favorite subject, Green Herb. I work with a lot of younger guys. We're all pretty progressive and understand that Mary J. Prohibition is a joke. Most of us try our best not to take action on a personal use unless we absolutely have to. Sadly, the older guys around here don't share our views on the subject, and what's even worse is that they are our sergeants, lieutenants, and captains. Sometimes our hands are forced, but I work with a very good department that does allow us tons of enforcement discretion. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer.
Not a cop, but my dad is. This isn't exactly a refusal to enforce a particular law, but he works in an area of higher crime rates and he's always trying to instill a sense of trust in the youth. One day, he was walking back to his patrol car after a call and he saw some younger guys playing basketball. He walks over to them and sternly asks for the ball. They ask him why, but with no explanation, he again tells them to hand the ball over. They disappointedly toss the ball over, thinking it's just another butthole cop trying to ruin their day. Instead, my dad drains a three and just walks away. He believes that interactions like this with cops will give the youth a better sense of trust in law enforcement systems. Just thought I'd share. He would have looked like such a tool if he missed. Cop here. I generally don't arrest for small amounts of Mary J. A. I don't think that green herb is bad, and B. It's nearly legalized medicine at this point anyway. I'm not big on ticket writing. Tickets are expensive, and almost everyone is broke right now. I find that usually a two-minute conversation with an officer makes people change their driving habits anyway. Plus, they feel super lucky for having caught a break. You need to remember that officers have a lot of discretion. However, if there's a victim and probable cause, that discretion can go away. For instance, shoplifting a $2 item. If the store caught you and insists on prosecution, there's not much that I can do. The thing is, I still have discretion over what to do with a person, i.e. release them from the scene with a ticket, bring them to the station to fingerprint or photograph or issue a ticket and release, or book them into jail overnight. Any contacts can turn into a dangerous situation. Go to odmp.org and look at the line of duty deaths just for 2012. Two of them occurred during regular prisoner transports. Generally, the more dangerous the call seems, the more amped up, aware, and prepared you are. I'm more worried about getting shot as I open the bathroom door after taking a leak at a gas station. I've never thought about the downtime of a police's life being so dangerous, and the fact that a lot of fatalities can occur at the least expected time in it. It does make sense, I suppose. I do not enforce Mary J so long as 1. It's a misdemeanor account, 2. You're not selling, 3. You're not a prick. That being said, I will make you dispose of it. I'm allergic to it or something. Within seconds of coming close to it, I will get a migraine. Homosexual behavior is still on the books in Texas under deviant behavior. I don't enforce this. The selling of armadillos is against the law in Texas as well. I won't arrest you, but I'm documenting it. It's like a bucket list of offenses I want to come across as a cop. I am not likely to write any traffic citation so long as it's not a hazardous violation and so long as you agree to fix the issue. I usually try and find all drunks an alternative to jail unless they're driving or fighting. I never let something slide because it might be dangerous. I signed up knowing full well I can die doing this job and have used myself as a shield to protect people on more than one occasion. I hope this helps. Back when I was a cop 12 years ago, I never arrested anyone for possession of Mary J. It was pointless and there are already too many people in jail for what I deem minor possession charges. I remember I stopped a guy. Well, I didn't stop him. He was stopped at a stop sign for 13 minutes before I pulled up behind him. I questioned him, realized that he was baked out of his mind because he told me he was waiting for the stop sign to turn green. Pulled him out of the car, got permission to search, found a bag with about a half an ounce in it, and I went over to him and asked if he had someone who could come and get him. He called his girlfriend, and as we waited, I threw his bag in the ditch. When his girlfriend got there, I said this to him. I'm gonna sit right over here in that parking lot and do my reports. If I see you back here before I leave, I'll arrest you. I don't care if you come back and get the stuff from the ditch, but it better be after I leave. He didn't come back, but the bag was gone by the time my shift ended. I've always been a proponent of legalizing Mary J. Why? Because if we're at a bar and I'm drunk and I bump into another drunk guy, chances are we're going to fight. 
If I'm high and I bump into another high guy, chances are we laugh. It can't be legalized for a myriad of reasons that I won't get into here. The premise of the question is inherently flawed because of a common misconception about how policing works. The law is less a set of rules cops have to enforce and more a tool cops have for handling situations. It's pretty rare that cops have to enforce the law. Felonies and certain domestic or abuse crimes are the only ones that have to be charged, and even there, it's not hard to find wiggle room on how you define the crime. For example, public drunkenness is a crime. Do I stand in front of bars and make everyone do sobriety tests? No. Now, if you're yelling and screaming like a jackass and making a scene, I'll come up and tell you it's time to get gone. If that doesn't work, I'll arrest you for public drunkenness and make you bookings problem. So do I choose not to enforce particular laws? Yeah, all the time. It's basically my entire job. And this trickles down into your other questions. Enforcing the law is always weighed against what risks are associated with the arrest, how likely the victims are to testify, and a dozen other factors. Law enforcement is more art than science. Bonus secret, most cops, particularly in cities, don't want to arrest people for the day-to-day silliness. It's a lot of paperwork, you're now responsible for the person while you get them cited or booked, and then you have to go to court on your days off. It's really just a huge pain in the butt. The trick to slipping out of most arrests is about making letting you go less of a hassle than arresting you. Question. When you say making letting you go less of a hassle than arresting you, can you elaborate a little? Less hassle is as follows. Number one, get gone. If a cop says move along, your best bet is to be somewhere else. 98% of the time, this is all the bar owners or neighbors want. The last guy standing there arguing about how the Constitution gives him the right to sing Free Bird at 3am on a public street corner usually loses that argument and a chunk of his next paycheck. Number two, be a good sobriety wingman. When I'm dealing with the numerous situations that come from drunk people, I usually look for their sober friend because he's the best bet to defuse the situation. Don't be afraid to step in for your friend and say something like, Officer, I know he's gotten out of hand. My car is over here. Let me take him home, and he won't be any more trouble. Rare is the cop who will pass up an opportunity to make a drunk person someone else's problem. 3. Fight it out in the morning There's this kind of bizarre belief that cops are going to be your referee for bar fights, domestics, and all kinds of assorted nonsense. We're never going to figure out who was right. We've only been called because the fighting or screaming. If it's a bar thing, just let it go and move on. If it's a domestic, don't try and convince the cop you were right. Convince the cop you're reasonable enough to not fight anymore. Offer to take a walk or stay with a friend. Come back to argue in the morning when you've got a cooler head. In conclusion, cops are there to de-escalate the situation or lock people up. If you're willing to be the one to de-escalate, you're more likely to avoid being locked up. There we go. We not only have a list of crimes that cops are likely to let people walk for, we also have suggestions of ways to increase your likelihood of that outcome. I policed a small town for a decade and have been at a city station for longer. Generally, if I come across a situation where I could use my discretion, I would. For example, I would usually convey a drunk home rather than have them sober up in the cells. For recidivist offenders where a brush with the law was not sufficient or where a person's behavior warranted more direct action, I would enforce the law to the letter. I'm all about giving people a chance, but only up to a point, even if I don't agree with the penalty that might be enacted at court or if I don't agree with the law itself. I have never not arrested just because of a dangerous situation. I couldn't live with myself if a failure to act on my part led to a bad day for a member of the public. That, and I don't want to leave a job undone, just so some of my workmates have to come in later to do it. Hopefully that answers your question. I remember during high school prom, 9-10 to years ago, I had my parents' car. 
It was a pretty fast car at that time, a 300 horsepower V8. I was driving like a complete idiot, going over double the speed limit. A cop sees me and follows me just as I pull into my friend's driveway. I walk over to him knowing that I've messed up big time. He was pretty intimidating and borderline yelling at me. He eventually let me off saying he didn't want to ruin my prom night. I was basically yes-sirring the entire time while crapping my pants. Wherever this cop is, I have never been pulled over for speeding since. You did a damn good job and I now race my current car in a controlled track environment. I still love to drive fast, but it never happens on public roads. Arbitrary laws stopping drinking are counterproductive. Sensible drinking should be something that you're brought into. In continental Europe, it's perfectly normal to drink a small amount of wine with a meal. You just mix in water to lower the alcohol content and drinking sensibly becomes the norm. When you make drinking illegal, all that happens is people start drinking with no prior experience and end up drinking to excess, which in turn promotes violence and makes many areas dangerous at night. I would make a distinction between laws that I chose not to enforce and crimes. I never wrote a speeding ticket for less than 15 over unless there's an extenuating circumstance, school zone, extremely careless, butthole, etc. I also never got really excited about small amounts of Mary J, a violation as opposed to a crime in the state I worked in. Criminal offenses are a little different. I can't recall ever not enforcing a solid criminal offense unless it was something small criminal trespass where it was easier to just run the person off, or if the person was rolling on someone else, or the victim wasn't interested in prosecution. That doesn't mean I wouldn't write a citation to appear and forward the case to the DA on a weak case or for other circumstances. Also, I once arrested a county commissioner's son for DUI and had a former friend arrested for it as well. I do not believe in breaks for nepotism. There are some circumstances that I'm aware of that police openly ignore some criminal activity because enforcement becomes impossible. Enforcing Mary J laws at Grateful Dead concerts would be pointless. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. Put the playlist on in the background to finish listening to all the stories, linked at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Genius, give Am I the Jerk a shot, linked in the description too. Either way, thanks a lot for watching and we'll see you guys next time.